<laughs> Welcome to the Crimson Circle. This is our Christmas shout, and we're glad that you're here to join us. Myself with Jeffrey Hoppy. He's going to channel Adamus, maybe. But before I do, I'd just like the cameras to get a shot of the audience all dressed up in their Christmas finery. Uh, for those who didn't Costumes see us during the first part, Adamus always likes when we dress up, and that means acting out as something. We had a costume contest before. I, and I'm still in shock. Um, <laughs> we had some amazing costumes up here, and um, we had a very uh, creative but warped costume <laughs> that, that won. Now, you think I'm being judgmental? Come, come up on here. Up, come on up here, sorry. This come is, on. This come was on. the winner that this audience This was paid. the winner. <laughs> <laughs> show your shoes. Show, show your shoes there. He went all out. All out. So if you're tuning in for the first time to the Crimson Circle, mm, this was the winner of the costume contest. <laughs> if your family didn't already Thank think you're crazy, they you, will Sarge. now. They will now. Poster girl for Chambra. Okay. And uh, before we get started, how's the, how's the temperature out there? Okay. We've, we've been doing a little, a little warm? Yeah. No, they say no. We're, we've been really monitoring it, and the stage area is actually seven degrees warmer than the audience area. So we have the fan today. It gets really warm up here. So uh, we're trying to keep it so everybody's happy. So hopefully you are. It wouldn't loan you any money? Oh. Well, let's get on with it, dear Linda. Uh, we have let's, uh, breathing. I'm going to get into it with Adamas. Uh, yes, and see what is comes Is he ready? Back. He's ready. You seem awfully comfortable in that outfit. Let me fix your little mic there. Oh, good. There you go. I am. Reminds me of times past. <laughs> me too. Okay. The theme was Dickens or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I did Dickens whatever. <laughs> Dr. Seuss, the Grinch. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It's great. Wow. Can you, do, can you imitate Grinch here for us? I am every moment. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Are you sure? Mm -hmm. Between gum? No. Because <laughs> I know Adamus wouldn't like that. Okay, so as you can see, Jeffrey here is working to get comfortable. Shout on Jeffrey, please. Jeffrey here is waiting to get comfortable. All this excitement, all this energy in the room, and Jeff is taking that energy in. Because you know Adamus is a reflection of all of us. So all of you out there, all of you in the audience, remember, whatever comes out of his mouth is a reflection of our energy. Wow. So, with that, as Adamus always says, I invite each of us to take the good deep breath. <coughs> to breathe. You cough with a deep breath. Okay. All right. So stay with that good deep breath. Breathe deeply, fully into your body, allowing yourself to feel. 
breathing and giving yourself permission to fully open to this experience. Take a good deep breath in this now moment, that perfect time. Breathe with all that we are. Breathe and allow. This music is going to play, and I invite you to open your senses. Really allow the music to be with you. See, feel, with human and divine senses. Breathe an opening to Adamance as you hear the music play.
I am that I am, Professor Adamus, the Dickens I am, Saint Germain. <laughs> Welcome to your Chambra, to this highly energized gathering. Welcome all of you who are listening online, all of you who gather here on this day. Ah, lovely, lovely, interesting, amazing. <laughs> Costumes. There's something about getting dressed up. There's something about changing your uh, typical routine that just makes you feel different. It actually affects the cells in your body. It does. And it affects your mind as well. It opens it up to new possibilities. But the <laughs> cells in your body. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, it opens it up to a lot of new possibilities. I'm sorry, ma'am. Which toilet did you use <laughs> at the break? I don't remember. You don't remember. Thank you for my coffee with vanilla. And uh, could I have a little bit of Kahlua in here today? I think I'm going to need it. Oh, mm. So welcome to your Chambra. Yes, when you dress up, as Sartre will tell you, it, you just feel different. <laughs> It touches every cell in your body. You're no longer restricted to an old routine of just being, oh, let's say, masculine cells. You have both in them. Uh, don't you feel a bit lighter in the loafers? Yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Jumper, uh, I want you to take a moment here. Uh, I feel so much more comfortable in this attire rather than college as usual. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you, as always. Uh, I spent most of my last lifetime with a hat on. Not one of these baseball-style caps, but a gentleman's hat, yes. Uh, and the cane is for He's <laughs> Getting a little up there in the years. <laughs> I want you to take a, a look, a feel of the energy in here right now. Here we are, December 5, 2015. Here we are gathered together ah, in a rapidly changing world. We'll talk about that today. This is the standard, the, the, the epitome for new spirituality on this planet. This is not the New Age. Oh, in the New Age, I think they would be sitting around uh, or uh, kneeling or whatever, uh, a lot more devout, serious, not a lot of laughter. This is not the Catholic Church, <laughs> by any means. Uh, imagine going dressed like that to the Catholic Church. Mm. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> they turn you into a priest right away. Oh! Oh! <laughs> like I was saying, this is, this is, if you feel it, this is the example of New, it's not even spiritual, it's just consciousness. And you're the ones that are crazy enough to pioneer it. You're the ones who are stepping out and beyond. It, it, it takes a, oh, a little bit of craziness, maybe a lot of craziness. It takes a lot of humor. It takes a lot of humor. It takes a very good balancing within yourself to be able to break through the norms. Oh, this is such a world of norms. 
We're here today, and this is obviously not a mosque, and I don't care if you don't like that. <laughs> I'll talk to Mohammed about you if you keep <gasps> praying at me like that. Shut up. I know him. He's a good friend. He's part of the Ascended Masters Club. Truly. Uh, so you're able to laugh. You're able to live. You're able to go beyond. And that's what I love about working with each and every one of you. Love about our times together. So today we're going to have a four-course Adamas meal uh -oh. of consciousness. Yes, in the first course, the appetizer will be a few very relevant questions with uh, audience interaction, so do prepare yourself to get that microphone today. Edith, why were your eyeballs rolling? Mm. I saw the eyeball. Here's Edith. Oh, Edith, do it again. The camera's on you. You're about to get one somewhere else. Um, <laughs> your brain, obviously, obviously. You look gorgeous today, my dear. Yes, she does. She really does. You look um, younger. You don't look as burdened, uh, Edith. Now, Edith, you're quite the rock star all around the world. There goes that eye thing again. <laughs> You're quite a rock star around the world. People watch. How is Edith doing this month? What, what is Edith? Uh, how is she sassing back to Adamas? <laughs> but but it's like a burden has been lifted. What what is that? Oh wait, you want the mic? Yeah yeah, microphone. Just, oh. Whoa oh. This is an Edith moment. Thanks. Uh, we're gonna do a whole film someday. Edith's moment. <laughs> What, what's with your eyes today, my dear? What's with the eyes? The eyes, they, they, keep, like, they keep rolling mm, like that. So Edith, well, what is it? You look I'm younger. I'm just feeling so comfortable with myself, and I love myself so much, I just can't help rolling my eyes. <laughs> but why, why do you look a little younger, or a few less burdens than normal? Well, well I am younger. Good. Is something happening with your biology? Of course. It's always healthy. Always healthy. Yes. Um, it's gotten it a little is. better lately. Uh, we'll come back to that later. Thank you. In the first course, we're going to be uh, doing some audience questions and answers, so do prepare yourself. Any one of you could get the microphone at any given moment. You never know, for the Grinch is in the room carrying that microphone. Whether you're here for the first time, whether you're one of the old-timers, as they say, you may get the microphone today. Hmm. Course two is going to be a discussion, lecture, observations, uh, bringing things into clarity in Course two. Course three will be a personal mirab into fantasy, beyond the mind. Yes. In Course four, well, out of the mind. Well, it's out of the body, no, I don't know about the mind. Course four, uh, I'll leave it for suspense and mystery to be determined later. Ooh, yes, so exciting, exciting, exciting. So the first question is, and are you ready, Grinch, with the microphone? Oh, yes. Oh, the first yes. question is, here we are at the end of the calendar year. It's always a good time to take an assessment how the year was for you, take a look at uh, any new resolutions, what I call personalized, that you're going to make for yourself uh, for next year. So the first question is, in this year, in 2015, 
on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the highest, the best, 1 being lowest, the worst, how were you with being able to be natural? How were you with being able to allow? How were you with staying out of all the, your, your mental turmoil and allowing this thing called enlightenment to come naturally to your body and to your mind. I love the cane. Yeah, we get that. On a scale of 1 to 10, how natural were you in 2015? Take a moment and feel into it. How natural were you? Mm. Okay, Linda, we're ready with the microphone. Oops. <laughs> Thank you. It's a magic candle. Never burns out. Yes. Six. 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 Uh, is that is that an inspiring number? Could be. Could yeah. be. Sure. Why not? Yeah, yeah. It's a great number. Real great good. number. Yeah. I mean, would you, if I'd have asked at the end of last year, how you're going to do with being natural, allowing things to come to you, allowing your own enlightenment into your body, into your mind. Would you have been happy with a six? Uh, I, I would have not been super excited about it, probably now. Right, not super excited. Okay. Uh, next year, 2016, I believe it's going to be. Uh, what do you aspire to on that same scale? I'm just going to let it be what it is. That sounds like a 10 to me. <laughs> Naturally. Good. Uh, I, I'm going to pick on you. For, I mean, discuss with you for a moment here. Okay. So I, I see this stop, start, stop, start, uh, think, fall back, think, uh, get in trouble, uh -huh. relax, things come. So did you notice that pattern? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And were you right now, today, uh, in that patterning? Uh, think, fall back. All the above. All the above, okay. So far What today. are you going to do to to be uh, more natural in all this? I mean, to think about that, it's just getting into the loop again. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. So, I don't know if there's a good answer You're gonna to stop knowing thinking? that. Yeah? Yeah. You're going to stop thinking? Am I going to stop thinking? Yeah, yeah. Unlikely. 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 Highly <laughs> unlikely. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yep. Next. Where are you, scale of 1 to 10, allowing your enlightenment in your body, your mind, and everything to come naturally? I would say 7. 7. A little better there than Sam. Good. You happy with that? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we know the answer. <laughs> well, of course, I would prefer my enlightenment be right now and sure. have everything. Well, it can be. Okay, well, I choose it right now. Okay, but can you allow it? Ah, yeah. I, I'm going to stop right there. Ah. I choose it. Good. You're all there. I know you're all there, but can you allow it? I think so, yes. That was, that, that was not that such didn't a... Sound, uh, that, that didn't sound not, enthusiastic, no, did it? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. You've all chosen it, and, and therefore it's going to be. And what makes it rough and difficult at times is you're just not allowing it. They're not allowing the trust, allowing that it's real. There's still that question. There is still that question, is this all real? Do we just gather like this once a month to have a little whoopee time together, to share a few laughs, to whoopee time? dress up? 
or dress over. Whoopee kind. <laughs> uh, to provide some relief from the tedium of everyday life. Or is this really happening? How are you different right now than you were five years ago? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Tremendously. Yeah. In what ways? I'm a, a lot. Good. Thank you. There was a, a there's an entity hanging a little too close. A very nice one, but okay. just like she's on camera right now. <laughs> so I'm going to be on the camera yeah. with her. Um, I, I am more trusting of the universe of things coming uh, universe, to me. Universe. Universe. Universe doesn't know anything. I, I, I'm sorry, I know what you meant, but I don't like that term, the universe. But what I am. I am more <coughs> trusting of myself and my I amness and being. Good, good. Because the universe will smack <coughs> you up anytime uh, yeah, it, it possibly has. can. It you has. notice that? Mm -hmm. Anytime the universe can play a joke on you, anytime the universe can smack you a few times, uh, it will. Because the universe is just energy. It's waiting, just hanging out, waiting in neutral, waiting for consciousness or lack of consciousness. And it'll, it'll smack you up. So, yeah, it's, it's you that is creating this. I love myself more than I used to. Good, good. I'm more accepting of who I am. Yes. Appreciating who I am. Good. Because I think I'm pretty neat. <laughs> so do I. Oh, thank you. I think, I think yeah. it's the same for you, too. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Mutual admiration society, oh, right true. here, right that's here. <laughs> Good. So seven, I like that number. Where are you going to go this next year? I'm going to allow it to be more open. Good. On a scale of one to ten. Yeah, at least. At least, uh, <laughs> at least, yeah. At least a ten. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Two more. Same question. Before I get to a different question. How are you? How did you do this year on your natural scale? Meaning that enlightenment's going to come to you, uh, but how often do you sit around worried about it and stressed? Yes, my dear. I think about an eight, maybe even a nine. Yeah, I'd give you a nine. I, I truly would. Yes, I, I've, <laughs> I've felt and watched and um, yes, good. Um, next year. At least a nine. At least a nine. What do you do? What advice can you give for Shambra here and watching from all around the world to just allow this, this natural evolution into enlightenment? Well, I think getting really old helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and there, there is truth in that. And then, therefore, it is happening to everybody here. <laughs> why, why old? What does that have to do with it? I, I don't know. There's just a freedom in it. There is. <clears throat> um, so, if you don't mind me going down the same trail, are you afraid of death? No. Yeah, and you shouldn't be. Uh, are you afraid of getting uh, disease, physical no. disease? Good, good. Um, because so many worry about that, and then they don't really live. They're worrying about some impending disease. Well, the universe uh, is going to give it to them then. Well, if I get a disease, I'll just die. Exactly. We come visit me and, and the others. <laughs> well, we have a, a great Ascended Masters Club. I'll get your guest pass, <laughs> uh, or maybe you'll have your own pass, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, good. Thank you.
One more. Where are you on the natural scale? One to ten. Yes. Yes. This happens here at the Crimson Circle. We pass the microphone. Like the natives used to pass the peace pipe. Uh, We pass the microphone. Uh, Three. Three. Uh, So you're a mental guy. Uh, I am. Yeah, yeah. What kind of work do you do? A software engineer. Oh, (laughs) who would have guessed? Uh, So, software engineer. And uh, why do you get so mental? I would say because there are really a lot of things to worry about. Yeah, there are. (laughs) If you like to worry about things. And... uh, yeah, you have you have a very keen mind, very highly trained mind, uh, and it's rather interesting that you're here today because we're going to be doing something with that. So you get very mental about things. You think it through. You churn in the mind. How far has that gotten you this year? Mm, not very far. Not very far. At least you got you here to Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> what are you here for? Uh, for the shout, of course. For one week of software engineering training in Boulder. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I'm going to pose something to you uh, based on what we're going to do here today, based on uh, how open you are to receiving it. And let's say it changes some things in your mind, and you go to this software engineering, big celebration, programming, learning, and you just don't get it. You just, you're sitting there, the, the professor, the lecturers are talking, and you're going through all these things that software engineers do, I don't know. Uh, you're engineering, engineering, and you just don't get it. It's just not there. You lost it, let's just say. You lost it. What next? What are you going to do? You're going to hop on the plane and uh, go back home and, I don't know, uh, Quit your job? Uh, you're going to wonder what's wrong. Yeah, you will wonder what's wrong. With you. yeah. You're sitting there and you just don't get it. You just don't get it. What What are you going to do then? You're just blank. Some of you had that recently. Things you've been doing over and over for years and years that you become proficient at. One day you're sitting in front of the computer screen. You're supposed to be doing something, and you realize you've been sitting there for three hours. Staring at a blank, uh, staring at a screen, and nothing's happening up here. What do you do? Good question. So uh, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, there is an examination with the training, and uh, of course, I, I thought about what would happen if I would not pass this exam. Yes. So, so what if you don't? my life would go uh, another direction, I I think. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready for that? We got a lot of poos today. Uh, (laughs) Something wrong with the microphone? (laughs) What what if you don't pass the exam? Is it the end of the world? No, of course not. No, no, no. Uh, Are you just going to feel crappy about yourself? Bad programmer. Partly, yes. (laughs) Inferior programmer. Yes. What are you going to do with it? I'll tell you what, what you're going to do with it, because I'll be right on your <clears throat> software engineering mind about it. You're going to say, it's all appropriate. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong just because you're staring in front of the computer screen. It's not that you're getting older or you're, 
you have jet lag or altitude lag or whatever, it's all appropriate. It's, you don't pass the exam, you get a big smile on your face and say, it was time. It was time anyway. Now, you may pass the exam. Uh, and it, you will pass the exam, actually. <laughs> you're going to pass the exam, but you also now have this, um, this potential that I gave to you. And you're going to be thinking about it, because you already have been. <laughs> and you're going to say to yourself, you know, gosh, I was local linear. I was really focused on the next exam and the next exam, but uh-uh, there's something else. And maybe you could still be a programmer. Maybe, just maybe, programming beyond, far beyond what you've ever known before. Not programming in the local linear terms anymore. Yes, so uh, of course I, I, I was thinking about that, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I always do. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, when, I, when I came here, I, I had this question in mind, okay, I, I did my diploma in uh, electrical engineering and I made my PhD, and um, so uh, I, I will do this big exam and everything. So it's just a line where exam comes after exam. And yeah, how many, doesn't really how many degrees can you have? I think I have a little bit too much. The degrees are good. You've, you've shown something to yourself. But where do you go from here? And that's the nagging. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you to be with all that and summarize this. Yeah, not too bad. I'm going to kick your ass if you stay in your mind. I'm going to get you out of that, because there's something beyond that. Uh, and uh, I'm going to come to this point in just a moment here. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you very much. Thank you, thank you for being here. How much more can you tolerate? How much more of the, the linear path, how much more of the mind, how much more of even the pursuit of your spiritual goals uh, that, what, 10, 20, 30 years ago I said, this is the only thing that's important to me now. How much more of that? And that's the point that we're at, you're at. It's a break point. Uh, you, you, up to now, it's been all little um, bumps and nuances and adjustments, but now comes the break point, and like never before. And that's why uh, today we're going to particularly do some work, Timothy, with going out of the mind. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, next question I'm going to ask is, hum uh, humans, uh, is is there assessment of themselves, uh, people in general, assessment, is it more positive or more negative? The perception, the assessment of themselves, more positive or negative? Uh, I'm saying, how do people really feel about themselves? Is it generally better or worse? Yes. Better or worse, their assessment of themselves, David, and not not necessarily you, but just people in general. Uh, people in general would be uh, worse. Worse, okay. Uh, and why? Um, they judge themselves of trying to lead, live a perfect life. 
Okay. Which is impossible, as we know. Right. The assessment of themselves uh, tending to be, you know, you say more on the negative than the positive. Is it, um, is it uh, like just one degree negative, two degrees negative? Is it major negative? How is that balance? <clears throat> it's um, consciously is different than subconsciously. Okay. And subconsciously, it's major negative. Consciously, it's not as bad. Okay. So the next part of that question is then, do people, how do they perceive the world around them? Is it more positive or more negative? Uh, more negative. More negative. Especially now at this time. So we get a double negative. Yes. Double negative. Okay, because they're negative about themselves and their perception of the world around them is pretty negative. What are the negative things about the world around them? Um, uh, it's not working, as far as they can see, right. be it politics or terror, um, taxation, equality, freedom. Good. Uh, Excellent. Good observation. Yeah, it's stacked up against them. Good. Okay. Great, thank you. Next. Thank you. Good answer, David. The golf applause. <laughs> yes. So, uh, first part of the question uh, are people generally uh, more negative or positive about their self perception? Negative. <coughs> negative. How much negative? Hmm. Like, a bit. let's say zero, zero is just neutral. And then there's negative one, negative two, negative three. Each negative going down yeah. is worse and worse. Uh, so to a 10, a negative 10, I would say probably negative seven or eight. Seven, pretty bad. Wow. If I was just starting out in life and wanted a career, I'd become a psychologist or a psychiatrist <laughs> based on that. Or a pharmacist. Uh, one of the, <laughs> they're all about the same. Uh, so. So pretty, pretty negative, pretty, pretty negative about themselves. How about their perception of the world around them? Well, I think it probably matches. Matches. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And what are the negatives about the world around them? Um, I guess at this moment, just everything that's happening in the world. Everything. That's, yeah. that's a good way to sum it up. Everything. Yeah. Um, give me just a couple uh, that come to mind right away. Negatives. Uh, well, the, the terrorism that's happening. Yes. Does it uh, bother you? Uh, the one in Paris bothered me a lot. Yeah? Yeah. It affected you? Yeah, very much. Yeah. Uh, the ones this week? I chose not to tune into them, and they really didn't. Right. Couldn't yeah. tune into them, almost? Yeah. 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 Do you think about it a lot? Uh, no, I don't. Mm. Okay. No. Good. Okay. But I did for you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It's yeah. emotionally draining. Yeah. It's ex energetically exhausting. When I look at energy fields of people or groups or whatever after incidences like Paris uh, or uh, San Bernardino, the energy levels, uh, not just of a few people, but of everybody, goes way down. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's, a, there's a combination of a numbness and a sadness. That's an interesting combination. Yeah, it yeah. is. So you're seven and seven. Negative, uh -huh. negative. Okay, great. Uh, so uh, a couple more, dear Linda. Thank you. Good observations. Mm -hmm. 
couple more. Oh, let's let's go and ask a counselor. Oh, wow. Yeah. By the way, she's willing to be a Chambre counselor. If you think you need one, you can get a hold of Julie Mack. <laughs> New we energy, can flash your phone counselor. number and yeah. email under the screen. <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, people's so perception the of themselves. You, you work with people uh -huh. in a counseling environment. Uh, regular people or Chambre people? I see a huge range. So a huge range. I see, yeah. I see Chambre and conscious yeah. individuals. Okay. So it varies. I see people ranging from 3 to 10. So... Three to ten. Okay, so you there. You think uh, it's a pretty overall. What number would you give it? I was going to say seven. Seven. Would be negative seven or positive? Negative seven. Negative seven. Well, mass. Yeah. Mass consciousness. Oh, negative perception <laughs> of self. Okay. Okay, and then uh, their perception of the world around them. It's similar. Similar. Yeah. Boy. We're really crapping out today. Here. <laughs> <laughs> and what are the big things on, on more of the world around them uh, issues that, that they're very negative about? Um, I, I definitely see any time that world events happen. So um, there's people get very negative day about day to day. If you to some about politics. Some politics. Right okay, now. but when they come in and talk to you, uh -huh. uh, what are the issues that, that they're really talking about, other than uh, the personal, but when they talk about life? So depression and anxiety, everybody, I see lots of Do they know why they have it? Um, uh, what I see a lot is I talk to people about living, yes. that lots of people are so fearful and not doing things yes. that, right. that they would enjoy, that they want, that they like. So kind of like close in Very a cocoon. Much so. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Uh, and do do they where do they feel this depression and anxiety uh, originate? Is it just a biological thing that's that, happening? That's the story that most people come in with. Yeah. Do they ask they, you for drugs? I, I don't prescribe, but yeah. they definitely it, it depends. Yeah. Um, I attract people that often don't want to use medication. Right. So. Uh, out of the percentage-wise, out of the people that come uh, seeking your advice, and obviously you, you don't prescribe, but you can recommend, mm -hmm. uh, what percent really kind of already think they want medication before they come to see you? Probably about 30 percent. 30 percent. Okay. That's pretty high. That's pretty high. Okay. Good. Excellent. Excellent. One more. One more. Okay, I need to get over to this side of the room. Let's see. In general, what are people's perceptions of themselves? Yes. Yes, my dear. You look gorgeous today. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. What are people's perceptions of themselves? On a scale of 1 to 10. On a scale of 1 to 10, people's yes. perceptions of themselves? Yes. I think most people don't have a very good impression of themselves. Mm. And I think we have been conditioned by the church and by our upraising. Yes. And learning to love yourself, I think, is one of the most difficult things we have to do in life. It is. And when someone gives you, pays you a compliment, Sometimes it is hard to, to just say thank you yes. because we don't believe it ourselves. But you took my compliment very well, indeed. 
Well, you are just wonderful. Yes. I kind of am. <laughs> and so are you. <laughs> well, in, in a way, it is, it is a funny thing now that you brought it up. Uh, you give somebody a compliment. How often do they uh, almost resist it? They duck it, or oh gosh, or shucks, or uh, or, or it, it brings up something in them, almost anger sometimes. It's very strange. I'd like to see a world where somebody can compliment you, say, "My, you look young today," and instead of them giving you a lot of guff about it, they they simply say. Absolutely, like Edith did. Absolutely. Because I'm living and I'm young. Yeah. I'll hook you two up. Uh, anyway. So, uh, so human's perception on a scale of 1 to 10, not so good. Not so good. Would you give it a 5? Um, for everybody? Are you just, talking in, just in, myself? Yeah, in, in general. Everybody. I think probably a five. Five, okay. And I think there, you know, in Chambra, yeah. this is one of the we are learning to experience. Yes. And, uh, and to accept that, you know, that we are beautiful people. Yeah. We are wonderful people. And it's, it's that growing, that experiencing over and over that helps us. And now, the, the same question, but... Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do people perceive the world around them on a scale of 1 to 10? Is it more positive, more negative? I think it's more negative. It's sad, but yeah. I think, you know, all the things that are happening around us, how can we, you know, it's hard to see the light. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So, we gathered here today in the room, also online. So th there is a sadness. There's a sadness. There's a uh, wishambra. Uh, there's, there's a sadness and a wondering what's happening? What's going to happen next? And it's very easy, by the way, at times like this to get distracted by the latest uh, product, program, or person, by gurus, by crystals, by some new um, ointment that's going to clear everything up. And it's not. And it's not. And, you know, I say this uh, all the time, that everything you need, you already have. Everything. You don't need anything else. It's good to talk to others once in a while, yes. But there's, there's not some cure-all thing. It's not uh, uh, taking uh, any sort of medication, drugs, uh, um, legal or illegal, or anything else. Y you already have it within yourself. But there's so much pressure right now, it's very easy to get distracted. You've seen it with others who have sat in these chairs before. Uh, not that they need to sit here, but suddenly there's the new guru in town. Uh, suddenly there's a new product. Uh, suddenly there's a new, uh, what is this drug you take to go off on these uh, psychedelic spiritual journeys? Uh, he's smiling over there. <laughs> uh, and, and so it's very easy to get distracted and try the, the newest, greatest thing, particularly when you get sad, particularly when you're wondering what is happening in the world right now. It's crazy. It is very crazy out there. But to my point, that actually looking at it energetically, people are more satisfied with the perception of themselves than they are with the world around them. 
People are very judgmental of themselves, but at least they know they know uh, where the weaknesses are. They know generally what their strengths are. They know kind of where they are. Uh, there's a lot of confusion about it as well, but generally they feel better in their local linear environment. I'm not saying they feel great about themselves. I'm not uh, saying that people are, you know, really feeling happy within because happiness level, you know, is is a is a funny thing to measure. But there's probably, well, actually, there's probably less happiness in the world right now. People with themselves, less happiness than there was 30 years ago, 50 years ago. In in a interesting way, so many people are lost right now. You know, so many of the people, you in particular, have a pretty good life. You have cars, computers, uh, houses, things like that. A lot of people don't. You generally have a pretty good life, and you're like, well, but what, what should I be doing? Where should I go? What's next? And, there's, and for Schomburg, it's intensified. But people in general, they get to a certain point of the material needs in their life being taken care of, and and they get bored, distraught, even sad. Yeah. But generally, people feel better about their local linear environment, themselves, their immediate surroundings, because they know kind of what's going to happen the next day. It's like I've said so often, uh, <laughs> predicting the future is very, very easy to do. Uh, tomorrow's going to be pretty much like yesterday for most people. And they're happy with that. They're really happy with that until they start awakening, and then it's hell. They are not very comfortable. They do not have a good overall perception about the world. If you ask a person how their life is going to be in five years or ten years, not just Shambra, but anybody, it's actually it's, – I'm going to rate it at about a 5.5 to maybe 6. If I say to them, where are you going to be in ten years? Well, I'm going to have learned a little bit more. I'll be making a little bit more money at my job. I'll have maybe a few more friends. Uh, I'll have a, a new car. Been wanting to get one for a while. You see, they kind of project out. Not not big. I mean, not big things. Uh, a little bit more money. You know, when you ask somebody, how much more do you think you're going to be making in ten years than you are right now? Average answer when I. When I do this, or I feel it, average answer about twenty to twenty-two percent more. That's kind of sad, you know. That's really sad. That's what they're living for. But at least it's going in an uphill direction. When the question comes to people about their perception of the world, where is the world going to be in ten years, twenty years? It's scary what people think. It's really scary. Answers range from. I can't even imagine out ten years, much less five years. I don't know. The world's at some sort of weird tipping point. When you ask them about the world in ten years, what it's going to be like, the majority, not all, but the majority of people say that they're going to be li living in very protective environments, created emotionally or physically. In other words, they're going to withdraw into their smaller, smaller worlds, because 
the world out there is getting scarier. The world out there is, is filled with a lot of fear right now. And most people, when you ask them about humanity in 10 years, it almost makes them nauseous because they're seeing what's happening right now. The actual fact of the whole matter is it's kind of interesting. The actual fact is th- uh, we're going to talk about this in Pronost. The world is going to some amazing places. Most people just can't see it right now. As I talked about in Kihok last week, technology is growing exponentially. By itself, that's kind of a big deal. But the implications, the reasons why, and the implications are amazing. Technology is growing at an unprecedented rate. Some of you very smart doctorate people might know of uh, Moore's Law, uh, that uh, basically the speed efficiency of uh, your computer technology doubles every two years, actually about 18 to 19 months, and the price is cut in half every two years. It's getting cheaper, faster, better. And for one reason, only one reason on this planet, Consciousness, not intelligence, not because we had some great inventors ranging from Tesla to Edison to Steve Jobs to uh, uh, some of the others, not because of those. Those were the ones who, uh, uh, you know, became the the spokespeople or the the um, movers of technology. But they they didn't. They didn't really invent it. They just picked it up out of the air. They were, they were talented enough to be able to pick up what consciousness was changing. Technology is growing at an exponential rate, and it's going to change the world. But understand, uh, very clear to understand, the only reason technology is growing to the point where in a couple years little robots are going to be cleaning your house. and cutting your toenails for you and uh, d- uh, driving your cars and doing everything else is because of consciousness. If consciousness had not uh, come about in clarity, none of this would be happening. So, con- so technology, the result of consciousness, is pushing an exponential growth and ultimate a huge change on this planet right now. I I don't believe in predictions, but I do do trending. In other words, I look at the energies of people, of the planet, of uh, the cosmos. Things are going to be so different on this planet in ten years. Some would say it's good, and some would say it's going to be bad, depending on your perspective. Technology will have it so you're going to be carrying around um, one of my IMers, uh, and that IMer will do a scan on your body in about five seconds, and that scan will tell you everything from the basics, blood pressure, heart rate, and things like that. But it's also going to tell you uh, about uh, if you have any uh, tendencies towards a disease. It'll tell you your uh, body mass index. It will tell you whether you're going to be getting a cold in a couple of weeks or a flu. It will tell you so much more on your little IMer 
than what you possibly could get right now when you go into a doctor's office for a checkup. And you have to pay a lot of money, and it takes a long time to get, and you don't know what the hell it means when you get the results back, because nobody understands doctors when they talk. You're going to look at your IMR, and it's going to tell you, and it's going to say, Elizabeth, today the health is very, very good, but we suggest taking in a little bit more alkaline type of foods. You have a predisposition to catching a cold in about three or four weeks, so we suggest that you take vitamin C or whatever. It's going to tell you everything. And this isn't uh, sci-fi, my friends. It's actually here today. It's just not on the market yet. And the cost is so low, and it will keep going lower and lower. A little device that tells you your body temperature, your, your bone density, your, uh, the health of your heart, more than a doctor could tell you right now after sitting with him for a week of visits. It's not science fiction. It's, it's actually here. I mean, it's actually in the laboratory. A number of years ago, at our Quantum Leap gathering um, in 2007, if you remember my message, um, said, right now, as we're sitting here in um, – where was that? Taos, New Mexico, of course. As we're sitting here, there are scientists working in the laboratory right now for cures to diseases like diabetes and cancer. I'm going to put cancer off to the side. Cancer is a big political game. I'm sorry if you don't like that, but it is. It's a money and political game right now. But right now, scientists are working on cures for things that previously were thought to be uh, incurable. Right now, scientists are working on technologies that uh, even back then in 2007 would have seemed unimaginable. But they're here. They are here. I want you to take a moment. I'm going to talk a lot more about this in Pronos, but I want you to take a moment at this moment right now and just feel it's here because of consciousness because of awareness, and in this case, awareness that there's so much more to life. There should be so much more to life. There should be so much more to life and, and, and to spirituality. You pushed the boundaries of life and spirituality, religion. You said there's got to be more, and I'm ready for it. And therefore, it's here. But this here is also causing a big conflict on the planet right now. This very thing of consciousness is also causing an anti-consciousness movement. Anti-consciousness, let's close down. Let's go back to the old ways. Let's not be free. Let's, freedom is, is too difficult. Freedom is, well, it's too free. Uh, it's too much work. Let's go back to very basic routines, patterns, belief systems, hierarchies, organizations. Let's go back to mental. There is um, a huge potential problem on this planet right now, but I love it. And you're going to love it when I tell you. I love it because its time has come. 
And the problem is, ah, I love this. I love this, and this is the key to our work. This is the key to what you're doing. Problem is, things are happening so fast. Technology, oh, technology in education. You realize the whole educational system is going to be wiped out in the next ten years because because local linear does not work. Sending kids off to a classroom without the real understanding of their health, of their minds, of their desires, of their creativities, where creativity has been abolished. Sending them off to the classroom is not going to work anymore. Instead, the children will be sitting at home on their computers and connecting with, uh, with people around the world, not just in their little community. And they're going to have uh, guidance from a real teacher and some robots as well. But they're going to be learning at a self-paced, self-desired level. The, these brick-and-mortar schools that are here now, they're going to be, they're going to be storage closets. Uh, they're going to be used uh, for growing marijuana in Colorado. <laughs> Only in Colorado, of course. It's all changing. Oh, and the beauty is that you helped to spark it. Yeah, you, little old me. Yeah, you that thought, oh, I've just been working through my problems in life. No, you've been working on consciousness. All of those issues that you've been grappling with, and how do I handle this? How do I deal with myself? That is the true university of consciousness. All those little problems that you thought you had. You're really taking on consciousness problems of the world. All the little challenges, they really – I've told you this a thousand times – they really aren't yours, but you take them on uh, like such an actor. You tell, oh, it's my problem, and I have these issues. No. You realize most people don't do that kind of um, almost obsessive uh, worrying that you do, and you know, what is life, and who am I kind of stuff, but you do. And that's what's changing. But uh, that's not my point. My point is, it's a very interesting dilemma on this planet. I love the dilemma. Other people aren't going to, but here's the dilemma. The brain, not my hat. <laughs> my hat's not the dilemma. Some of you are like, really, his hat? No, the brain, the mind. As I said in Keyhawk. So there are some people that say that humans only use 20 percent of their brains, their minds. Now, I tell you what, they're using 100 percent every day and struggling. They really do. There is no unused part of the brain. Every day, every part of the developed mind is being used. Now, at times it gets bored and it does things like crossword puzzles or whatever, but it's being used somehow. Uh, there is tre uh, tremendous input-output at all times. The brain is at its maximum. Technology growing like that, consciousness expanding like that, the brain is screwed. <laughs> I was going to say fuck, but, I, 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 <laughs> but it's Christmas. And <laughs> it is. I'm using your terminology. You know, when something is really like there is no hope anymore, that, that football team is just, or that person, or whatever, brain is screwed. It absolutely screwed.
It is maxed out. It cannot handle what comes next. And that's an interesting, amazing proposition. It's going to lead to interesting things. It's maxed out. It cannot handle any more data or input. You know it. Facts and figures and thinking, thinking stuff. It cannot. Yet people are trying. And there's all this stuff. You take what ginseng and make your brain grow. No, 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 no. But anyway, the the brain is at the max in the developed world, pretty much, but soon to be everywhere else. It cannot handle anything else. You know it. You see it every day. You see it in yourselves, but you see it in other people. They just can't take it. Because the brain is also the uh, center point for emotions. This is often overlooked by uh, social scientists, but the brain is also the seat of emotions. So what happens is the brain, not being able to take any more in, any more in, the brain and the emotions simply shut down. They go numb. And then what happens, what you see, is people retreating, getting small again. Uh, and uh, Calder had a term I heard earlier. Uh, they live in silos. Uh, they, they confine themselves. A silo is a nice emotional um, uh, thing to have around you. You know, silo for farming, made out of concrete. So they live in their silos. They live local, linear. They start. Saying what uh, that they're simplifying their lives, they're not simplifying. They're just uh, closing down, shutting down. But there's an interesting dilemma in that: the mind doesn't want to be told to shut down, even though it's at capacity. It's at capacity, but the mind then starts rebelling, and pretty soon is going berserk. It, the mind is it's at its max, but it keeps trying, 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 trying. It was programmed. It was programmed to keep going, no matter what. It was programmed to always have streams of thoughts, informations, even dreams going through it. It was not ever programmed or allowed to just shut down for a little bit. Not even at night. Not when you're dreaming. The mind doesn't stop. It's gone. It's going 24-7. So we have this dilemma on the planet right now. We are maxed. Uh, humans are maxed out of the brain. It cannot handle anymore. But more is coming. More is coming because of technology, the result of consciousness. What are we going to do? There will be people that try to then get smarter, but they'll go crazy. They really will go crazy. And then they're going to rely on drugs, vitamins, medications, supplements, and everything else to try to um, calm the mind a little bit. There's, yes, there's some very smart people, very, very smart people out there, but even they're at capacity. And this is perfect. This is perfect. And where you are is perfect, because where we go from here, as I talked about in our last gathering, is beyond the mind. It has to be. It simply has to be the time to, whether you call it fantasy, whether you call it knowingness, whatever it is, you've got to make the leap now. Now more than ever is the time of two worlds, 
We've talked about it. You've seen it coming for the last, what, 15 years. Now is that time of the two worlds, and you're going to be living in that for a while, for quite a while, and that's okay. The two worlds, and Linda, can I get you, oh, Grinch, uh, can I get you up here on the board, please? My pleasure. The world is going to be, uh, and I'm going to use uh, uh, di- different ways of describing it, but uh, if you would, two columns uh, on the page. Okay. The world is going to have, is be divided into thinkers and knowers. Thinkers on the left, knowers on the right. That's going to be one of the biggest um, differences, and there, there won't be a lot of knowers. A knower is one who uses nost. A knower is one – I have to stop for a minute uh, and, and point out. So uh, Dear Caldra and Linda were <coughs> complaining about my uh, sudden change when they thought they were going to film Dreamwalker Birth, and suddenly we were doing something else. But a knower just goes with it, doesn't complain. Doesn't uh, we can complain a little bit? Uh, no, uh, and it was a very good example because because they were following a local linear path. Local meaning, you know, do you realize how many people on this planet never live more than twenty-five miles, thirty-five or forty kilometers from where they grew up? That's local. Some people travel a little bit, but most people in their lives will spend about. 99.9% of their time in their local environment. That's not so bad. I mean, you, you pick a place you like and you live there and you're familiar with it, but what also happens is they get local in their thinking, local, limited. They get local in everything they do, and, and they get local in their thinking uh, as well. And the thinking isn't creative. It doesn't go anywhere. You're going to have a world now divided into thinkers and knowers. And underneath knower, put parentheses, creative. Creative. And again, when I use the term creative, I'm simply talking about uh, exponential, going the word creative. Creative? Creative. (laughs) C-R-E. Under knowers? Yes, ma'am. So you're going to see this world divided into the two. And the funny thing is, is the knowers are the ones who are in the moment, absolutely allowing, absolutely trusting themselves, letting that creative flow come through, easing the pressure on the mind. Because once one allows themselves to be a knower, a creative being, it takes such tremendous pressure off the mind. And the mind stops its games of emotions and problems and worrying, and it gets on with what the mind does best. Uh, it's basically data, uh, facts and figures, remembering history, uh, and, and knowing how to maneuver in this environment. That's really what the mind does best. But the mind is not very good at thinking through anything else. So we're going to have a world of creators and know- or, uh, thinkers and knowers. You are the knowers. You are the knowingness, the nost. You go beyond thinking. The mind is maxed out, and suddenly you just take that leap into knowingness. It's a big leap. Well, it's really a little leap, but it's a little leap once you do it, but it's a big leap when you think about it in advance. So uh, to continue on the board here, Linda, we have uh, in the thinker category, they're local and linear. 
Local and local linear. Local and linear. When you start contemplating uh, the, the world, the, the cosmos, you're no longer a local linear thinker. When you start contemplating the world, the, the entire cosmos, suddenly you have to go out of thinking because the mind doesn't know how to do it. Suddenly you have to go into knowingness, nost. So, Over here in this column we also have power. 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 The world is a big power game, and power is an illusion of the mind. There is no power. It's all an illusion. There is no power anywhere until one actually believes it and starts living it. But you have this whole equation of power on this planet. What you're seeing right now in, uh, in the news, it's all about power. I'll come back to that later. It's all about power. You'll realize, though, in your as a knower, that next, you might as well just stay up here, Grinch. Um, <laughs> that instead of that, instead of power, everything is self energy. Self energy. Self energy. Two words self energy. Self energy means as consciousness, you attract all the energy to you, whether it's already in your uh, physical being, whether it's already just simply in your uh, field. You attract it, and it's there. You don't need power because. Your consciousness brings forth all the energy you need. Then you start looking younger, Edith. Yeah, when you stop thinking so much. Yes, over here uh, on this we have uh, the mind, of course. The brain at capacity. It's this thing about uh, you're only using 20% of your mind. You may be only using 20% of your life, your <laughs> your true capabilities, but your mind you're using all of it. So over here we have the mind, yes, and over here, of course, uh, the nost. Ouch! 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 On the the left side, we have uh, I'm going to call it gravity. Gra gravity, right? Two two lines. Gravity on one line, time space on the other. People are in that. They're stuck in that. Time and space I've, below it. Yes, please. Uh, they're stuck in that. You're going to realize, you are starting to realize that actually time space moves through you. You don't move through it. It's huge once you start realizing that. It's kind of odd at first, but once you start realizing it, it's huge. Uh, so you don't, you don't need that. You, we don't even need a word over here because, yes, we do need a word. Here, gravity is an opposing force. <laughs> if you drop something, <laughs> drop something, uh, it's an opposing force. It falls to the ground. Over here, uh, put just gravity and with a plus sign. Gravity is going to serve you. Gravity is going to serve you. Actually, there's all this quest for energy on the planet. And Jesus, they're putting up solar panels like uh, they're, they're going out of style, and, and they are going to go out of style. <laughs> That's the funny thing. If you're spending a lot of money this next year on solar panels, so sorry. Because the real energy on this planet, the, the real available, easy energy is gravity. You realize the force that's in, in you know, gravity on this planet that causes that to drop also causes – it has the same potential for that to go up. It does. And the scientists will, will think I'm crazy, but ha, I'm going to have that last laugh in a couple of years. 
Gravity has an inherent built-in energy in it all the time. It's in neutral. Uh, but in the reality that you're in, the, everything falls to the ground. But eh, they're going to realize that there is all the energy you ever need in gravity on this planet. But that's a whole other thing. On this side, write physical. 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 You live in physical bodies. And the knowers are going to realize that the physical body is simply one of the sensory tools that they have. Just one. So um, I'm really not sure what to write on that side other than uh, just put sensual awareness. Sensual? Sensual awareness. The physical body is your way of perceiving reality. It's, these are your senses and, and your mind, but there is a sense, and many senses actually beyond that, that are not associated with the body. So you're going to start living in a very and reality. We could go on and on and on with that, but we have other things to do today. I want you to start seeing the world right now. The world is moving into two worlds like never before. I'll, I'll proclaim this date, December 5th, 2015, as the date that we suddenly realized it is two worlds, officially two worlds. It's been leading up wow. to that for a while. Wow. There's been the whole engagement process, and then boom, we're here, officially two worlds. Good news, bad news. Uh, good news, bad news. There, there are a lot of kumbayars that aren't going to like it. Oh, we're all one world. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> No, you are not. So I want you to be aware of these things, because you're still living amongst all this. You've come from all this. Uh, it's ingrained in your system. And all of this, all of this is going to try to pull you back when you try to go to that. It's going to suck you right back in and say, you're a physical being. You know. You can feel how it hurts. You are uh, an emotional, mental being. You're linear. You're, you're, you're limited. You've got to be crazy. You think you can defy gravity and time and space. You're nuts. All that stuff is going to try to pull you back. All that stuff is going to try to hold you in. And you've already experienced that. But the reality is that you are naturally moving over to here. Why I asked the question up front, how'd you do this year with being your natural self? It's not your mind that is moving you to here. It's not because you've studied uh, spiritual classes that's moving you over to here. It's not because you're eating uh, uh, certain kinds of food that's moving you over. You're moving over just because it's the natural movement, the natural expansion. And it's also your desire. Also, I'm, I've got to put one more thing on the list here. I'm just going to put passion right there. And when I say passion, it's the old human passion, you know, what excites you, what gets you going. By the way, there's a huge drop in global passion, huge drop uh, amongst individuals, but if it's measured globally, passion is going like that. People don't know what to do anymore. You come over here on this side, and you realize that passion is old-fashioned. <laughs> I like that. Ah. Passion is old-fashioned. You don't need that 
outer stimulation. You don't need those little triggers in you anymore. You don't really need uh, the word passion anymore. Now I know it's been awful going, going out of your old passions. What am I here for? Why am I here? Shut up! Just, <laughs> just. You don't. Passion is a word that's going to disappear from your vocabulary, because you're not going to have to go looking for passion. You're not going to have to passionate yourself every few days. You're not going to have to. It's always there. You know, it's just the I am. I am living. Who needs to have all these passions? Whether it's uh, I don't know, coin collecting or uh, bike races or you know whatever you do for your passion. Every moment is the passion. It's but passion will go out of your vocabulary. So there's no really corresponding word over there. Who needs it when you're alive and conscious? Hmm? So officially today, well, I'm going to mark as the, the day that the two worlds began. It's been in the making for a long time, but it's here. It's now. The biggest difference is going to be thinkers and knowers, mm. those who are still in their mind, still trying to figure out things in their mind. Not that the mind is bad, but it's maxed out. It's absolutely maxed out. Last month when we got together, I talked about fantasy and talked about a lot of these things, but I said fantasy is the way out. It's the way beyond. Fantasy, allowing yourself to go out beyond the mind into things that the mind would judge as being uh, undoable, unbelievable, uh, made up, going into fantasy. Which is as real as all of this. It's just real in a different way. Maybe not real in the physical, local, linear way, but it's still real. That leap into the beyond, beyond the mind, uh, and it's a big leap because the mind is scared shitless about it. The mind is like, what's going to happen? Shh, mind, it's all natural. It's all natural. Your mind, just as the body, every cell in the body has been waiting, holding a space for the light to come in, dear mind, so have you been waiting for this leap into Nost, the beyond. It's a different way of sensing, thinking. It takes us out of local, linear, into global, exponential, into cosmic exponential. And it's not going to be the same platform. It's not going to be the same basis for reality. It's totally different. And we'll still be here doing this, and we'll still be able to sense with our human senses, but we're moving into something else. And the funny thing is, dear mind, the funny thing is, on this Official date now. It's official because I said it and it's written. Once it's written, it's official. <laughs> on this official day of the recognition of two worlds on this planet, mm. the world of the thinkers and the world of the knowers, dear mind, on this date, without any effort whatsoever, I'm going to allow myself 
in a very natural way just to be there. I'm not going to mind, you're not going to be able to figure it out right away. It might not make any sense to you, but that's where we're going. And we're going there naturally. No force, no effort, no thinking. Dear mind, on this date, December 5th, 2015, we're going to play some Christmas music. Some nice Christmas music. If you get that Christmas music ready. We're going to play some nice Christmas music. And we're just going to allow it naturally. What is it? That's how I wish you a Merry Christmas, but what is it? This knowing. What, what, well, where is it? What does it do? Shh. You see, if you try to figure, can we get these lights down? This is a Marab, believe it or not. <laughs> Half everybody's already asleep. We had to do a Marab. So, dear mind, we're not going to think through this. We're just going to allow it. Because, dear mind, if you start thinking, and then it's just mental, then it's really not knowingness. So we're just going to sit here in this very, very comfortable energy, listening to some delightful Christmas music, and we're just going to go there. Well, actually, we're just going to let it come to us. There is no process involved in this. There's no thinking. There's no analysis in it. There is just allowing. There's no um, plotted way of doing this. It's just allowing. But you know, in a funny kind of way, you got nothing else right now. As I said, the, the mind is at capacity. People talk about the challenges on this planet, uh, food and fuel and water, whatnot. The real challenge is that the mind really can't take anymore, nor should it. So now we birth the knowers. Let's make a good science fiction movie. The knowers versus the thinkers. We birth the, the knowers. And the funny thing is about them is that they live in the moment. Allow everything to flow to them. They don't have to think it through. It's an easier life because it's just there. They don't even have to think about it. And when I say there, I'm not just talking about some money or health or things like that. I'm talking about knowingness of the answers to big questions, the knowingness of how to solve big issues that have faced the individuals or the planet without thinking. It's a funny one. Without thinking. You've been so accustomed to thinking through 
with very, very little infusion of creativity, but just taking a very logical path on things. So it's going to seem very odd being in this, well, being a knower, because it's just going to be there. People are going to say, well, how do you know? Well, it's because I'm a knower. <laughs> it's just there. Well, where do you get this from? It's just there. Yeah, no, you do not say, I don't know. <laughs> it's just there. Well, did you have to study for it? No, it's just there. What kind of preparation do you do for it? None. It's just there. Can you teach me how to do it? They'll say. No. <laughs> you got to think back your own journey to get to this point. What you thought started out, what you thought was going to be a spiritual journey, it's really not. It's just there. And my friends, the less you try, the less you effort, the less you struggle with it, like a lot of you are doing right now, the more it's just there. It emerges. It comes forth. You do not have to go out and get it or earn it in any way. It's just there. You don't have to be smart. Matter of fact, it's better that you're not real smart. <laughs> Tends to get in your way. You don't have to make sense out of it. You know, in the old thinker way. Oh, the old thinker way. That was cumbersome. You don't have to worry about it fading away. Like your mind is going to do anyway. That's what I love about thinkers. They think and think and think, and then they lose it all. Poof, goes away. We get older, memory slips. You know where they go? They start going into fantasy. They start going into that other world that's always been there. And then everybody says, well, look, they're going crazy. No. Crazy was being in the zoo. So the amazing thing, the real blessing, is that you don't have to do a damn thing to get here, other than just to allow this natural state And again, your mind is going to say, "What well, did I get it? Did I get it? Or was I asleep? Shh, you got it. You got it. Well, but where is it? You'll see. You'll, you'll see. It's going to come up in a lot of interesting different ways. Some ways that will, will surprise you. Some ways that will confound you. Some ways that are going to make you really freaking uncomfortable because they're going to break you from old routines. 
So I asked the question before. You go to this class of yours, you learn super advanced, more advanced software programming. But let's say it's like a blank screen. The entire time you're there, you don't comprehend a thing. It doesn't make sense. Oh no, what's wrong with me? Something wrong? No. No, because actually, as a knower now, you're still going to have the knowledge of software programming. Uh, it's still there. But suddenly, something changes. You're going to know code that is not zeros and ones. You're going to know code that's the universe, code that is consciousness and light. You're going to go beyond electronic software coding into true consciousness coding. It's a lot more fun, a lot more fun. And then all that software programming is, well, leave that for the young ones, you know? Leave that for the others, because you're going to be on to deeper, amazing understandings that go beyond the mind. So the mind, the mind of the planet is maxed out. People are going to keep trying to use it, trying to better it. They're going to infuse it with chemicals and more thoughts and everything else, trying to stimulate it, trying to expand it again a little linearly. That's not going to go very far. But for the knowers, the intuitives, the creatives, the nost, you suddenly leap to a whole different level. And, and you still have the mind, but it's not the dominating force anymore. You still have all the facts and figures and the memories and everything else, but they are not what is guiding your ship anymore. I'll tell you this right now, it's going to be, it is a little tough ad adapting to it because it disrupts. It's a <laughs> knowingness is a disruptive technology. <laughs> it disrupts. Uh, by the way, disruptive technology, I love them. They're going to change the world. They're all around you. But the primary one right now is the disruptive um, technology, but it's really a, a disruptive consciousness that comes into your life as a knower. That's going to be the hard part. It's going to change things in your life. But you know, by now, you're accustomed to it. Yeah, by now you're professionals at it. So let's take a good deep breath and with no force or effort. See, isn't that weird? It's like, well, how can you do something without force or effort? That's one of the first lessons, one of the first experiences, I should say, of a knower. It doesn't take force or effort. Remember our old world over here, force, power, effort, gravity, all the rest of that. The knower realizes 
Making this type of exponential change takes no power. Doesn't take any energy, any force. Damn it, that's damn it, that that's a tough one in a way for some people. Not not for Shay. That's good. But for some it's like, yeah, but I didn't feel anything. That's good. <laughs> that's really good. Because you're not supposed to. Feeling comes from the old physical senses. Feeling comes from the mind and the emotion. So no, you're not going to feel anything right away. We can fade down the music. Don't want you to get too much in the Christmas spirit here. So uh, that's a very interesting point, and we'll get on to one more thing. You expect to feel something, an electric charge going through your body or those chills going up and down. You expect a biophysical response of some sort to think that it worked. And what you're going to realize as a knower is that you don't have to have that. Matter of fact, usually you won't get it. Ah, you're going to say, but, but, but then how do I know something happened? You know? Well, you're a knower. You just do. Well, here's what happens. There is no biophysical response to, uh, to that change, to knowingness, to something that just happened, like right now, shifting from being thinkers to knowers. There's no real response. Other than that, I would say the biggest response you're going to get is just feeling a little tired, <laughs> a little dozy, you know. But that's the energy here today. But what happens? is because there are, you could say, a probe going out from both your brain and your consciousness saying, did something happen? Uh, we didn't sense anything. Uh, did something happen? So you're probing. That stimulates the new uh, – or the, or the, the, actually the natural, but what's going to be for you – the new sense, sensual awareness, the new feeling. You have, a, you have five physical senses in your brain, your body you've gotten used to, but suddenly it's going to stimulate real sensing. The, we could call it angelic senses or, or whatever, but they're your natural ability to perceive realities, and that's plural. If Linda wasn't – oh, Grinch is awake now uh, – your natural ability to Sense realities. Would you write that on a new piece of paper? Just uh, your natural abilities to sense realities. Realities, plural. It's going to reawaken that old, uh, what I would call very natural ability to perceive, to sense. Your natural abilities to perceive realities. So that's going to naturally wake up, and suddenly you're going to have a weird – it's not even a feeling, it's not biophysical – you're just going to have suddenly a weird sensation. And it's going to be weird because it's not located in your body or really in your brain. There's just something going on. That's when you know you're awakening or reawakening that sense, that sense. <laughs> So let's take a good deep breath. I had a lot of talk, really a big distraction. What did you just do? 
He said, okay, I'm willing to go beyond the brain. And I don't know what it is, but I'm okay with going there. You okay with that? Good, good. Okay, let's take a good deep breath. Good deep breath. I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. And John, could we get um, just uh, regular Mirab music, not Christmassy? Let's take a good deep breath. And I, I want to acknowledge all of you who are going to naturally allow yourself to go from thinker consciousness to knower consciousness or I am consciousness. I want to acknowledge all of you who kind of knew that it was coming anyway. The biggest challenge uh, I see on this planet is that the brain cannot comprehend what comes next. Technology or philosophy or challenges, the mind is not going to be able to handle it. There are those who then are going to try to get machines to do it, computers to do it. But you and I know that a computer is simply an extension of the mind. Then they're going to try artificial intelligence of computers, and that's not going to work either. But there's going to be a very small but amazing group on this planet who have gone, who have transcended being the thinkers. They're now the knowers. Now, I want to leave you with this on a very different note. There are tremendous changes taking place. And you're very aware of the ones that have been taking place within you, but tremendous changes that are taking place on the planet right now. And they have to do with freedom. They have to do with moving beyond the mind, which is part of the freedom equation. And what you're seeing on the planet right now is a resistance. Resistance to higher consciousness. Resistance to going out of the mental era. And resistance is natural. It's, it's a kind of result of the gravity of change. Anytime there is a change within a reality, it creates kind of a, a vacuum, a, a gravity, a pull. So that's going on right now on your planet. You're seeing it, and it's going to continue. You see it in terms of terrorism, in terms of religions, politics, banking. But my friends, these are all systems that are on their way out. They're not leaving gracefully, of course. They're trying to hang on to power. They're trying to hang on to their old ways of doing things. They're doing it through what you call terrorism, but what terrorism really is, is the instilling of fear, the undermining of conscious or confidence. They're doing it 
And there's not really that many, actually. Uh, these terrorism acts that you see, these are, these are not nations that are fighting other nations. They're actually really not religions fighting religions. Sometimes it would appear that maybe it's a religious thing, but religions are the product of the mind. And when a mind tries to hold on to power, the easiest access point for resisting change, one of the easiest, is religions. Religions are all about power. They're all about mind. And so when a terrorist is looking for the, the, the venue, when a terrorist is looking for the dressings, how they do their work, it's easy to go to religion. It's easy to hypnotize people, to incite people, to do it under the banner of heaven. The terrorists really aren't religious. They're really not. There's a lot of rhetoric, a lot of hypnosis, but they're really not. They have no more consciousness than a grain of sand. But they're using this as their launching point, and what they're really doing is undermining trust. They're inciting fear. They're causing great distraction. They're causing they're causing people to now just focus on that. Talk about terrorist acts. How much of the conversation in the last month since we met, how much of the conversation on the news at the water cooler has been about terrorism? And they undermine it so, so beautifully. They undermine the very fabric of life. When suddenly it's your next door neighbor, that nice couple that was living next door to you, you didn't know they were making explosives to go out and kill dozens, hundreds of people. That's undermining. That is fear. That will cause neighbor to turn on neighbor. That will cause friends to become suspicious of friends. That will even cause families to question, to wonder about their own family members. It doesn't take much, you see. It doesn't take armies anymore. This is all ultimately about power, about the mind, about holding on to the old. This is all a resistance to freedom. One of the greatest tools that is used very, very effectively is hypnosis. In about 10 minutes, a normal a person who is considered normal, a person with a regular job, 
person who's tried to do good all their life, in 10 minutes, a person can be turned into a terrorist, and they don't even know it. They do not even know it. Hypnosis works so well because the mind is linear and local. The mind is susceptible. The hypnosis works best when somebody is mental, I mean, very much in the mind. Much easier to hypnotize somebody who is what you would call smart than the village idiot. Thank God for the village idiot. So when you hear about things like what's happened in Paris or San Bernardino, when you hear about airplanes suddenly falling from the sky, and all these other things, you wonder what's happening. Well, there's a lot of hypnosis going on, and the hypnosis can be latent. It doesn't. It's not. Don't think in terms of the old uh, pocket watch. You know, you are getting sleepy. The methods to hypnosis are very refined, and they're coming through all the time. You just don't know it. The hypnotic suggestions can be latent for years. It's not unusual now to have a implant. That was given 20 years ago, and it is still as effective today when it is triggered. A trigger could be a combination of sounds or words. Sometimes they're even uh, into mathematical formulas and <coughs> into software programs. And I say this because. I want you to understand it's going to, it can get very fearful out there. And I know even as I'm saying this, you're wondering, oh my gosh, was I? Was it me? Did I get hypnotized? Am I being hypnotized right now? <laughs> Hypnosis is a very scary thing, and it's a byproduct of the mind of a mental society. That's why it's so easy. Who needs bombs? Who needs militaries when it's the neighbors who've been hypnotized? Suddenly, the phone rings three times, and it stops ringing. Suddenly, the phone rings two times, and it stops ringing. And then it rings once, and all the signals are there. And that nice, happy couple down the street suddenly gone tactical. And right now, some of you are saying, Adamus, where are you going with this? This is frightening. Absolutely. But I want you to realize something. I want you to go back up here to, if you turn the page back, hypnosis only affects thinkers. It only affects the thinkers. It cannot touch one who's in knowingness. So if you're wondering, you're thinking, did I get hypnotized? Am I vulnerable to this? Once you go into, once you allow knowingness, no, 
no, you are not. You are not susceptible to it. Because the way this sense, uh, the true I am sense, works, you cannot be limited by the linear. You can't. Once the sense really starts integrating into your life, there is a constant um, creative pursuit of uh, more answers, more potentials, more experiences. So once you go beyond linear and local, and you're in the sense of the I am, it will never limit you to a hypnotic thought. The knowing is exponential. It grows, it feels, it knows in all ways. The mind is linear. That's why it's very easy to put a hypnotic plant into a linear path that continues going on a linear path. It doesn't explore it doesn't naturally explore other realms so that hypnotic implant stays but in knowingness you cannot be you cannot be so i wanted to point this out because yes it's going to be a crazy world out there no you don't need to worry about it for yourself but the world is going to get crazier and crazier we have a convergence of technology of uh, of the mental being maxed out. We have a convergence of an imbalance in the world of the haves and the have-nots. All hell's going to break loose in a very good way. See, right away, dear Linda Grinch, oh, no, no, my friends, I want you to take a moment. I want you to take this moment on this day of recognizing two worlds. It's not uck. It is wow. You're the knowers. You're the creative. What comes next? What comes next for you? Go beyond the linear. Now, right now, let that knowing come in. What comes next for you? off your linear path. What comes next for the planet? Beyond the linear path. Linear path would be yuck, but what comes next when you combine technology growing exponentially, when you combine it with consciousness, awareness, creativity, when you combine the mind maxing out, when you combine the desire of people for something better on this planet, now what? What comes from the knowingness, not from the mind? What's possible? Yes, change, disruptive systems, technologies, patterns, disruptive. But does it have to be bad in the old thinker way? 
not at all. And that's where you come in. That's where the fantasy, which is not fantasy at all, that's where the knowingness, that's where the imagination comes in. All these disruptive technology systems, patterns, vibrations, does disruption mean destruction? Or does it mean evolution? Let's take a deep breath with that. And with that, my friends, always, always, always know that all is well in all of creation. Thank you, my dear friends. Thank you. So with that, I invite that we stay a moment longer and take the good deep breath to breathe in and feel those last potentials, those last statements of Adamus, to just let that really integrate with you. Take the good deep breath and allow. So with that, I thank you for being here with us, the Crimson Circle. Whether you were watching, listening on Blog Talk Radio, or at the CrimsonCircle.com website, watching or listening. Thank you for being here. We'll be back here on Saturday. I believe that's January 2nd for the first shout of 2016. So thank you. Thank you to Jeffrey Channeling Adamas. Thanks to every one of you participating. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thank you.